This was not a hard sell. People were like, wow, kids don't have books in schools. Yeah. I want to help. It was really that easy. Uh, welcome back to the Mission Driven Podcast. My name is Bruce Brubaker, and today with my co-conspirator, Tom Stater, we are here to inspire, equip, and engage aspiring, scaling, and stuck-in-the-mud entrepreneurs who are on their mission to solve big problems of the environment, society, or the economy. We have, over the last few months, put together about 30 episodes that we consider to be kind of core to the entrepreneur experience, the path. Uh, we're all on a journey. We're all trying to find more efficient ways to find scale, build tribes, and to solve the problems that are surrounding us. And today we're going to be talking about how do you fund that journey? The five core pools of funding that we've kind of either identified or engaged with over our careers, uh, building organizations in the Asia Pacific region. And we're going to talk about those five today with episodes more fully fleshing out a couple of them over time. But if you are looking to learn more about these five, we hope that you'll stay with us for this episode because we've spent a lot of time looking at our own fundraising strategies for our own organizations. And I think, Tom, I, I think you're kind of like me. We've we've settled around the ones that we know the best, that we like the best. We, we understand how to execute. We know what their strings are. And today, I just want to run through these five and see see what your thoughts are and see where we share some common some common experience. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, Richard, I think this is the most important conversation for any sort of at, at any stage is yeah. where do they get the money? Where'd you get your initial funding for the library project? Friends and family. I've I, I think that is where everyone starts, and then. 99% of those people uh, realize that their friends and families don't have deep pockets. While you have that friends and family funding, I believe you should be trying to figure out, like we did, what is the single source that you're then going to focus on yeah. for the next year or two? Were you comfortable approaching your friends and your family for this? Yeah. We're helping kids with books. This was not a hard sell. People were like, wow, kids don't have books in schools. Yeah. I want to help. It was really that easy. I didn't use friends and family in part because I do not like asking my friends and family to be involved in the organizations that I'm building at all. And I think to this point, I've only taken money from two friends in total, zero family members, because it's I don't want to burn a friendship or a family member over the emotions of what happened to their money. I'll say it was easy because it was an easy ask. I was only asking for $1, $1 for one book. Mm. It was a ridiculous ask. All right. It was a dumb ask in hindsight. In fact, there was one woman that, that I met uh, who was deep pockets mm. and she was a friend of a friend and I had dinner with her. And this, this woman at the end of dinner, after I gave the, you know, talking about what we were doing. We were, we had some results and she asked me, she was, uh, she said, Hey, mm. what's your ask? And I said, well, you know, can you donate like 25 bucks or 50 bucks on our website? <laughs> yeah. And she just looked at me and she was like, I'm not going to give you 25 or $50. Mm. I'm going to give you some advice. Go for the big money. Yeah. And I was like, oh. The next group that we're going to talk about here is corporates. When did you take your first corporate uh, donation or grant or fee for service? Backing up just a touch yeah. is that I believe where you get your money defines your programs. Mm -hmm. It's not your programs define where you get your money. I, I really do think that it's mm. the other way around. So our programs are built for corporates. Mm. It, it, it is built for CSR managers. It's built for, for HR managers. It's built for employee you know, volunteerism. Yeah. It's built for 
uh, getting collateral material for their annual reports. This is really what it's built for. But then there's also real programmatic outcomes and impact also. Yeah. Hands on the charity is built off of corporate funding. Now, what I really love about corporate is if you do a good job for them, if they enjoy the experience, if you help them with the messaging or the marketing, whatever that is that they need, and you're providing a service to them that they alike, they will never go somewhere else. They will always stick with yeah. you. If you do a good job, you can you can more reasonably predict your cash flow than say if you are building your organization off friends and family. I think they're they're probably the easiest one to understand. You can build that cell very quickly and it's it's repeatable. Within the organization you're talking to, the same level of person who has roughly the same background, who has roughly the same KPIs, who has roughly the same amount of budget, who, there's so much similarity that you can you can really have that conversation, get good at that conversation and and find your 50 to 75 much quicker. Well, and you just end up being a part of that company supply chain. And, and what I like about corporates is there's a coldness to it. They're not looking for the impactful story of a child right, who right. read a book that changed their life. Like right, yeah. that's what like individuals want. Yeah, I've never been I've never been comfortable over leveraging the story of who were helped crying babies and animals in distress. And and I feel that the corporates, they're not looking for that. They're looking to understand like, okay, what what is the issue? What yeah. can we do? Yeah. What's it cost? And what's a reasonable yeah. outcome? When you're talking about and the, how can we get involved? How can we get involved? Like just and make the package easy. Don't don't try and sell us on the whole thing. Don't convince us that we can save the world. We're, we're not idiots. We're just trying to do a little bit of good with the money that we have this year. These are HR managers. They're like, yeah. they're like, I have a budget. Can you give financial transparency? Can you give programmatic transparency? Can you get our employees involved? Yeah. Can you make it safe for everyone? Great. There's a low chance I'm going to get fired. So in that context, what makes for a successful pitch to a corporate for you? The individual we speak to has to want to help children in schools. Mm -hmm. They need to be aligned <laughs> with that idea that it's important to them. Right. What's interesting for us is the demographics of an HR manager, of a marketing manager, and of a CSR manager in Asia, they understand yeah. intimately yeah. what it feels like to have a child that goes to school and the importance of education. When we speak to these people, we're like, we believe that children should have the same access to education. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we believe that too. Okay, so you found that person, how do you tell that story to them? Like what, what's a successful pitch? It's, it's boring. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's a PPT or a keynote mm -hmm. storytelling and a clear ask at the end. Mm. We need them to ask us for a proposal. Mm. And if they don't ask us, we then will ask them. We will set them up and we'll say, would you like to receive a proposal from us? Yeah, yeah. And no one is going to say no to that. Right. 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 And then they're like, yeah, 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 we want that. You know, and then, and then a day later, two days later, we get them a proposal with budgets, mm -hmm. clear. It's about 15 to 20 pages long. 
with an appendix at the end. It's professional. Yeah. And it is a, a slow slog of about one to three months. And then once we deliver that, one year later, mm -hmm. we then go back and we ask for another another round of funding. Um, I think the one that I've struggled the most with that I think has the most potential, honestly, particularly in this, in this day and age right now where everything seems to be on fire in society and the environment and the economy is uh, government funding. Um, I've been advocating for this, particularly for my for-profit mission-driven entrepreneurs to find ways to work with governments to solve their problems. But it is by far the most difficult pool of funding um, for me to be successful with. Very relationship-driven. And if you have them, if you can build them, you can have a really stable path going forward and work on really big challenges that you want. But it is probably, I would say, the most difficult pool of funding to access. Government funding is something that the library project has had a very difficult time working with. Mm. We have not asked for government funding. We have not sent one proposal in 17 years out to the government asking for funding, but we could not donate any of our libraries if yeah. it was not for the in-kind donation of a space in the Board of Education to do, uh, to, right, to right. ship our donation items. Yeah. Uh, the usage of their uh, vehicles to cut cost on getting those uh, library items out to the schools. Yeah. Um, the the in-kind donation of their time to locate the schools that are in need. All of these smaller but very important cost savings that yeah. they allow that they that they gift us uh, openly allows us to have impacted over two thousand schools. It's the best way for you to 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 deal with these government partners and to bring them on board. We have one individual who focuses on this. Like yeah. this is what she does every day. It's that individual's job to build those relationships, grow those relationships, yeah. and yeah. not overpromise, and to ensure that we deliver. Yeah. I, I would say our programming fits perfectly for what they're looking for right. today. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like for hands-on and collective, I had totally different experiences. Hands-on, very similar to you. We we've a lot of we had uh, very strong local connections right after we got licensed, actually because we were doing a really good job at the local level, it was very clear what they needed. We could then scale those relationships up over time into like a city level programming. So we did a consulting project one time for this, all 273 street committees in Shanghai around how to improve volunteering. Uh, we also did one for entire districts, museums on how to manage volunteering. And the challenge was one, you need to have one person dedicated from the team to build and maintain those relationships. The other challenge is honestly, what I found with government work, whether it's in China or out, outside, is it you, the scope creep of your work is massive. And they use, we're the government as the leverage to kind of keep you going. Again, for me, it's the most difficult one because it requires constant relationship building. I do believe that if we're going to solve big problems, you have to do it in partnership with governments. You know, you think about like say drought or education or food access, or, you know, these are all government level million 
person, you know, dispersed people all over their countries. And if you can show that you have a technology or a product or a process that solves that, they're going to grab onto it. You just need to be able to keep up with it. And I think that's the, that's the biggest downfall for me was we were asked very early on to manage a very large, we started with the district level, they want us to go city, then to provincial level, uh, these volunteer programs. And we just couldn't keep up with the speed that they were asking for us to get on board with. And honestly, by not being able to do that, it, it kind of sidelined us in their considerations for a few years after that. But again, that's not their fault. That was just us not being ready to, to do the work. Transitioning over to our last one, um, talking about scale. I think this one's the most interesting one for me. This is going to be individuals in crowdsourcing. It is another new pool uh, of funding that I think entrepreneurs can really and can and should take seriously. I do see the power of the platform itself, which is basically if you look at ALS, you could. I mean, I've seen I've seen so many successful crowdfunded projects where. I mean, even you said 99 on 10 cent, like that is a crowdsourced platform. It's like, so core to it, 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 for me, you cannot approach it as a corporate donor or as a foundation or government relationship. You have to approach it almost as if it's like your friends and family again. It's like, look, I'm on a mission to solve this challenge. And with your $10, with your three hours, we can do it together. You have to develop a video around this. You have to develop an amazing social campaign around because if you're not good at social media, you're not going to be good at crowdfunding. And I think there's, so for my organizations where we have not been good as one, we don't want to oversell our mission. Kind of like what you just talked through. Like you're not trying to oversell your mission. You're not trying to say like, we can all save it. Um, And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's who we are. We're comfortable with that. The second thing is, no, that's right. You know, it's right. You don't oversell. Like you, you communicate what you're doing. That is right. I mean, I'll, I will speak for you on that. You're right. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think that the, the second thing that our organization is not good at, honestly, even though I've been proponent of it for a long time is the social media aspect, like creating that catchy video, bringing that group of 50 or a thousand people together who will like, share, comment, send it out to the masses. And then having that clear call to action. I think it's so, it's so important. And so, you know, those three components, I think it's, it's very critical. We're really talking about restricted and unrestricted funding. Mm. Corporate foundations and government, those are all restricted pools. 99.9% of the funding coming from corporates, yeah. foundations, and government, they're going to be restricted. You're going to have a budget. You're going to have to spend the budget. You can't deviate from that budget. If you do have to deviate, you have to get permission. Yeah. Within that, you've got overhead, operating costs, and your programmatic costs, yeah. depending on how you kind of divide it up. Yeah. Then you've got unrestricted. Now, unrestricted in general is friends and family. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who just trust you with what you need to do with the money. They're going to give you $100 and say, do something good with it that supports your mission, vision, and mandate. Yeah. Individuals in crowdsourcing, depending on how you communicate that, it could be unrestricted. Mm. Support the organization. And I think yeah. at the beginning, if at the beginning with the library project, we focused on individuals in crowdsourcing, mm-hmm. that would become restricted funding. Right yeah. now, 
what we're really trying to do is leverage individuals in crowdsourcing yeah. to be unrestricted because we already have our restricted funding yeah. nailed down. Yeah. We want a different, we not only want a different source of funding, mm -hmm. but we want a different we want funds that we can use strategically right. that we don't have to ask permission to be strategic with. Mm. I, I think that's really, I, this is going to set up a whole nother podcast about how do you create a funding strategy, honestly, because it, it, so what you're saying is this was the most important thing. Seth. It was the most important transition into a series of fundraising conversations. But if I come back to it, it's like, you have to give a lot of thought into the five pools that you want to engage over time. And when you're a startup, friends and family, great one. I found corporate also to be a great one at that point. But there's going to be yeah. groups who find who launch off of government, who launch off of crowdfunding. Yeah. And I think it just comes down to the individual's decision about what their goals are, what they're comfortable doing. And then how they're going to play the game of that fund. Because every diff, every pool has a different game yes. to it. They all have different rules. And it's not to say that any rules are better or worse, but they're all different. And if you don't understand the differences, you're going to get burned out of that pool. So if you fail the government um, on some level, you're never going to be able to go back to that trough because it's very relationship focused. But if you, if you fail to understand the crowdsourcing rules, well, you're never going to get more than five people who are your friends and family to back you. And then you're going to look like an idiot that way. So again, like every single one has this different potential value to you and your organization as you're growing it. And if you're in growth phase, it's different. If you're large and stable, it's different. And I think large and stable government foundation, great time to start bringing them in because you have that, in, that capacity as an organization that you won't fail them, right? Like you can throw so much at it if there's problems that you have that, that institutional learning to, to go from. Um, but again, it's up to you to kind of make the decision about which one you're going to start with, which one you need at the time, and then which one do you really actively want to build out? Because I think for me, the most important thing is that you don't rely upon one single pool at any one time. You have multiple pools at play. You have individuals, you have corporate, you have corporate, you have foundation, you have crowdsourcing and government. Like, you need to mix it up. And if you can get across all five and get good at all five, man, you're going to have a, you know, an amazing organization. If you can get all five, uh, great. Yeah. All right. But I, you know, I also think that if you can, if you're good at just one corporate as, as an example, yeah. but you've diversified enough within that, that group, yeah. that might be enough. You know, different industries, no. different different locations, different regions. No, and that's where I think we might just disagree we're going on. To. But we're going to because you know what we're 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 entering a recession right now. The last thing I want is be too reliant upon a corporate. Like if I'm if I'm a hundred percent reliant upon corporate right now, and I haven't built the relationships into government so that when the funding for the infrastructure bill starts coming out of the government, and I can access that money. I, I do think that if you're on one peg, you are very exposed at this point. And that, you know, if you can get all five, great. I mean, I don't know any organizations that do that right now, but if you can get- I mean, I do when they've got budgets of, 
they have they have revenue of fifty million dollars. Yeah. Those are the organizations that do. But yeah. organizations that have a million dollars, you know, they probably have you know two. two. They have two. You know, they've got they've yeah. they've they've you know, they're, and they're they're leaning more towards one. They yeah. might be a bit more exposed there with right. how you look at it. But you know, if they can get three, then you know that's better. I, yes. I think it's a bit unrealistic to to, to expect a million dollar but, organization to have. But to be reliant upon one is, in my view, inviting catastrophe and inviting layoffs and inviting scaling back your organization at a very inconvenient time that you're not ready for. I will agree with you, but also slightly disagree. Tom, top three, if you're looking at the five pools of funding, what are the three things that you would do to identify, engage, or execute on your preferred pool or pools? One, build a team to do it, okay? So build, build one or two people in your small organization or your larger organization, a focused team to, to engage um, uh, these pools uh, in a professional, uh, systematic manner. If you're starting your organization, start with friends and family, um, if, if you can, but, yeah. but really, if you do that, uh, focus on one of the other four to transition out into. And I would say not individuals and crowdsourcing at first, because that's so close to friends and family, mm. but big money. So, yeah. so try to, try to, try to find that deep pocket group yeah. that, that understand your programming. Um, and the third thing is understand how restricted and unrestricted funding uh, impacts your organization yeah. and how to communicate that, that to your donors. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch up a little bit. I think first off is understand each of the five pools as it relates to your issue and to organizations like yourself or to your own specific organization. I mean, if, honestly, if you're really young and you're, and you're great at social media and you're building like a movement of high school students to solve this, go crowdfunding, go for it. Yeah. But if you're a corporate executive who's got 35 years of experience and you've got a deep network of friends who are in corporates, mm -hmm. who are by themselves, you know, also maybe stable enough that they were willing to give money, well then, okay, individuals to start and then transition to the corporate and to sell to all, to this network that you have, fine. Mm -hmm. Just understand which one you want to start with and then, you know, why. I think and that leads into the second one is like, know what your organization needs at the time and plan for what it needs in the future. I think what, what you said about starting with individuals and transitioning or that just kind of shows like you don't need much money up front to get started. So just go get a few friends and family to prove your pilot and then, then figure out like who are you selling the, the main program to? And I think, again, not a problem doing that. Just be very clear that as you're selling that bigger ask, who are you selling that to? So that you can start catering your pitch materials, your pitch approach, your you know, that whole process uh, back to what would map towards what they would want, whoever they is. It's a government official, it's a corporate executive, it's a foundation. They're gonna be looking for specific things. So if you can think through that in advance, think through that in advance. 
And then I think the last one is don't be reliant upon one. Try to get to three. If you're at five, you're amazing. But understand that with that requires more infrastructure internally, more, more costs. And so you're losing some efficiency by trying to get everything on board. So get really good at one before you switch to another one. But you should always be trying to make sure that you have two or three in, in the fire because things happen. Foundations run out of money. Corporates have a recession. Governments go through austerity. Like You can't predict all that. But what you can predict is that it's going to happen and that you as an organization need to be more stable about the funding that you have and the future funding that you could that you can nail down. So with that, I hope you found this conversation. Uh, I mean, we were very tactical on this one. We were very deep and academic. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed it. We're going to, this is clearly going to set off a few more uh, around funding. I think it's important to understand the deep dive into each one a little bit deeper because they, they, they do require a lot of time, but when you perfect them, I mean, you can build your organization to the next level or at least stabilize your organization off each of these pools. It's just how do you do it the most effectively at the time with the resource you have? So with that, thank you very much. Have a great week. Tom, as always. 